0: It's not really just about alcohol, I have to say. It's really about the woman that you want to become and who you want to be in the world and evolving. And that's just kind of the catalyst, the starting point.
1: Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins.
2: And I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the
1: pieces that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. By embracing all complexities of being a woman, our goal is to share real stories that inspire growth and empower all women to be the best versions of themselves. And as Maya Angelou so eloquently said, when we know better, we do better.
2: Thank you for taking this journey with us.
1: Today, we have a very inspiring guest with us, Mary Wagstaff. She has her own podcast, Stop Drinking and Start Living. So last year, I was on my own personal reflection,
2: our journey regarding alcohol and my own love-hate relationship with it. And I found Mary's podcast. And for me, her approach and perspective just hit home. And it was not so much about berating myself, but being compassionate with myself
1: and exploring how alcohol shows up for me. So true, Christy, I think, especially during the pandemic, but you and I have had a lot of dialogue about this. And I wonder how many of our listeners out there have even ever thought, what is my relationship with alcohol? Is it a love or hate? Have I ever given it any thought? So we hope you enjoy this episode. What is your relationship with alcohol, love, or hate? All
2: right. So today we are so excited to have Mary Wagstaff with us. Mary is a holistic alcohol coach. She works primarily with women and helping them learn about their personal relationship with alcohol. So today we want to have a conversation that invites our listeners to explore their relationship with alcohol, asking the question, is it something that we're thinking about? Has this past year maybe played a role with the pandemic and how much we're drinking more or less, and also, you know, whether age maybe has changed the effects of alcohol in our life. So we really want to discuss it all. We're excited that you're here today, Mary. Uh, But before we get into our topics, we really want to hear about your journey and what has inspired you to start your coaching program and your podcast, Stop Drinking and Start Living.
0: Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and congratulations to the two of you for the show um, and for having me. Yeah, I <laughs> it has been a journey, that's for sure. Um I I kind of where do I want to start? Well, I have been in the holistic healing arts for over 20 years. So, I started studying yoga and different various healing modalities um when I was 18, I was introduced to the the art and science of yoga and it has been the foundation and the backbone for my entire life, my entire adult life. And I think it's kind of what kept me out of, maybe out of the gutters. I um, So I've kind of always been drawn to that kind of expansive, taking more of an expansive view and approach on possibility um, and life. And so, but with that, I was always a little bit of a uh, wanderlust also. So not kind of seeking for that perfect Bit of what was going to work for me and where my purpose lived, only to see that the teachings themselves, had I taken a little bit of a closer look, were always just telling me it was always inside. So, with that kind of wonder lusting, I, you know, I went to school, but then I traveled around and alcohol was always a trusty sidekick for me. I was always really independent. And so, I always, I always said, you know, I would if I waited for someone else to do something, I would be waiting for the rest of my life. So I never waited for anyone to do anything. But with that, I did have what ended up being a crutch of alcohol, because I would go places by myself. And I kind of would use that as a almost as an empowerment tool for just not caring so much, um, or, you know, a way to just be out by myself, so on and so forth. And fast forward, you know, many years and um I was in the service industry and hospitality for a long time. I was also, you know, did some work in nonprofit fields and in real estate. And then I my yearning was still there that I, I had really wanted to take, you know, and I did teach yoga on and off for years, but I really wanted to take a stab at that being the work that I did in the world. And I was doing had done some personal training and then I had started really diving in more into women's empowerment and coaching. And <laughs> as I was looking at it, um, and I was hungover one day at a hot yoga class, I kind of slapped my head against my forehead and said, "Girl, this is just like you got. This is just not the way." And like there were times. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I was functioning fully functioning in the world, but there were times where like I was hungover at a hot yoga class. And if anyone out there has ever had that experience, you know what I'm talking about. It sucks. So I'm like on the floor. I had actually <laughs> this particular place. I had really like had kind of taken the next step in like, this was, you know, this was a few years ago with really like pushing myself at this place. And I'm like, you just really made some huge gains in your practice at this place. And here you are laying on the floor feeling like you're going to pass out. Like, it was such a huge, like, mirror moment wake up call for me. And I went immediately to like the Whole Foods and just got like this detox stuff. I'm like, okay, what is going on? And so I really started to flip the script and apply these tools <laughs> that I had been practicing for so long, you know, really out in the world as far as, you know, being like non judgmental awareness and self observation without judgment. But I was like, okay, how long <laughs> does that last for? And I, I knew that if I wanted to really grow a business and be in more of a leadership role, I had started a woman's like sister's cir- monthly sister circle and accountability groups. And, you know, I was kind of doing all this stuff to help really support me in, in becoming an entrepreneur, essentially. And I was like, this is just getting in the way. It was killing my confidence, it was not the in- influence I wanted to have for my son. Who you know was just little, really little at the time, yeah. And so I, the what really happened, and I'll just kind of say this for the listeners that really was the kind of flipped the switch for me was I actually kind of went the other way first. I looked at myself and I said, "You clearly don't want to give this up because you've tried. You keep saying it to yourself, so just do what you want." but just don't beat yourself up about it. Don't have any rules or, you know, whatever. And I had been taking longer breaks in between. And I did that. And then once I kind of realized that there was more options, (laughs) I started questioning like, oh, at five o'clock, do I actually want this glass of wine? Or am I just drinking it because it's five o'clock? And once I kind of gave myself more options, which I just never really had... I was like, oh no, like I just something happened and it was magical and I just, you know, I'm, you know, the change didn't happen overnight but it was a real miracle. It was a real shift of completely seeing the option that alcohol just didn't even need to be important at all in my life was there when I just like I literally couldn't see it. And I think that there's so much in our culture that we kind of have blind spots too, right? We just don't have the experience. Um I grew up in my dad owned a couple bars. He taught me how to bartend. My mom currently owns a wine shop. So like alcohol was just something that you did as an adult, you know, and it wasn't ever like really negative. It was just a thing. And so I had been working with coaching already, and um, just more women's empowerment, and really diving into the divine feminine, a part of myself that was missing. That was kind of the other piece that was happening at the same time. Was really diving into who I wanted to be as a woman in the world because that question had also never been posed to me and yeah and then I'm like okay this is clearly so I had did my did my own journey felt like I had just broken through just so many barriers and walls and illusions I was like had my my sword that I was just cutting through illusion and um I felt so empowered and I just knew I had to share this information and it was kind of earlier on in my journey, but it was so powerful. And I felt so strong about the turn that my life had taken that I knew because I was very unapologetic about it too. And so, you know, I would go out with my friends or whatever. And I had kind of already started saying yes before this to new things in my life. And so as I was doing different things in the world and was kind of just sharing like, yeah, I'm, you know, exploring my relationship to alcohol in these ways. And so many women. I mean, literally almost everyone was like, yeah, me too. I mean, it was kind of a me too movement in that way. And um, I feel like that was one of the best things I could have done for myself was not, I mean, I had literally no hesitation about um, what anyone would think or any any of that story was really something I feel very fortunate about because I just didn't, it just was never a thing. I never thought about like, ooh, what will people think or Mm -hmm. do I have a problem or any of that? And so that leaving that at the door because that's completely optional is just like, I mean, this is my health. This is my life. Why would I ever be apologetic for you know, wanting to drink more water, you know, that would just be silly. So yeah. And then, so here I am now in the coaching, my coaching business is one, it's a one-on-one practice. And I work with women all over the world and I help them explore and change their relationship to alcohol. So it's not really just about alcohol. I have to say, it's really about the woman that you want to become and who you want to be in the world and evolving. And that's just kind of the catalyst, the starting point. And what else aren't you willing to see in your life that is just something? that you can just simply set down. Sometimes it's that easy where it's like you set it down then there's an attachment with a habit and you just work on that day by day. And it can be so much easier and enjoyable than the story of like pain and all of the things that I think people think are going to happen when they start to explore that relationship. And so it is... My highest humbled honor. I can't even believe that I have been called to do this work and that I get to help support people through women through this journey through empowerment. And really, it's kind of a a, a rites of passage in a way that you know we don't really have in this culture. Alcohol is kind of our rite of passage, and it really doesn't set us up for becoming the supportive like divine feminine that, you know, we want, we need and want to, to live the life of, of abundance that we want to in the world. So I think that that's kind of where yeah. I'm at now. <laughs> I know that is, that is wonderful. And I was just going to say
1: the power of your podcast, Mary, which I think for me personally is typically you look at, you either drink or you don't, but you have I've never really dove into, well, what is my relationship with alcohol? Do I like it? Do I not? I know some people are totally fine. And so I think it's, and, and listening to your podcast and several of your episodes, you do dive into so much more, but it really gives a platform for women to just look at it. Like I never even thought about it until, I know Christy found your podcast and I know she's got some information, you know, just some insight from her personally, but That's what I think. It's either people just look at it. You either drink or you don't. And you, what does it look like in between? Right. right. You know, I'll I'll say for me, it was about six
2: months ago. I started to question my relationship with alcohol. I've drank, you know, for years, never felt like it was over. I never went over the top. I felt like I I was just a social drinker, but It feels like the last couple of years, drinking has changed for me, and the effects have changed. And I don't know if it's because I'm, you know, in my fifties. I don't know if it's hormonal. I'm not quite sure what changed, but I would start doing that. You know, one of your episodes talked about the self judgment and the berating. I thought, oh, that's me. You know, when I do drink, now it's two glasses of wine that I can have a headache the next day, and you know, we. We love our wine. I love our wine nights. I, you know, I, I enjoy those at the end of the day occasionally, but now I'm really having to be intentional. I have to go, okay, I'm not going to drink this week. I'm going to save it for the weekend because I need more clarity. I want to feel better. But then I, I seem to always fall back on that berating, the self judgment. So you did, I mentioned you had an episode that talked about that and I was just, it was so enlightening for me to reframe it in that if I chose to do it, I could. I needed to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that episode? I can't remember what it's called.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I probably talk about that a lot because it's kind of the cornerstone of the foundation of my framework for coaching really is compassion and self-observation without judgment. So it's probably interwoven into a lot of my messaging. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and, and even the change part of it, you know, the change of that can help to support you instead of looking at you know, I'm not, I can't drink tonight. I shouldn't be drinking too. You know, what's the intention? Why don't I want to like what, you know, like you were saying, I need more clarity. So kind of like supporting yourself more from a place of love rather than fear. Right. Not like, Oh, if I drink then I'll, then this will happen. But offering and opening and that shift of perspective of shifting from fear to love for even letting it letting it go and you know the thing i like to guide and um, i'm glad that you brought up your wine nights and i'm not sure exactly how that looks but like i always like to, to ask people you know what's your intention you know for the event say that you're going to like if it happens to be social like if you're spending some time with friends or you know you're going to a party like what's the intention for going and it's never to go drink right like you're you want to engage and you want to celebrate someone's birthday or whatever that is and i say you know if you want to just kind of explore and just gain some evidence and get curious about what would these what would this look like right because the wine doesn't create the event the people and the and the circumstances do but we get so used to that comfort because it becomes a habit so just exploring what is my intention and deciding that ahead of time and really leading with that, even if you're drinking and just staying open and curious to that intention and how that unfolds and take your mind off of the wine because there's so much more happening, and there's so much more that you're that we can miss out on because we're kind of focused sometimes on what's in our glass. And when we, you know, even when it's halfway down, it's like, oh, when am I going to get another one? You know, it kind of ends up absorbing the mind a little bit. So it's like, Is it even really necessary sometimes, you know? And so curiosity and compassion are definitely like the framework of the work that I do. And I'm so glad that that was supportive. And that's what I say, too. You know, if you make the decision before to drink, just know what you're getting into and just tell yourself, you know, no no matter how I feel tomorrow, um, I'm not going to beat myself up because that's compounding judgment, right? Now I don't feel so great and now I'm going to, you know, add some guilt and shame to it. And you can just set that down because that is not required in change and it's not going to make you feel better. That's for sure. So just observe, you know, again, you just step into that place of observation, like, okay, yep. Like alcohol cont- is continuing to be the same. And um, what I will say to Christy about, you're not the only one that experiences this, you know, as we age too, right? As the body changes and um, things that, you know, and that's the other thing, things that worked and were. We're good when you were younger, you know, just sometimes don't work anymore. And that's why I really look at it sometimes as just a natural, like, maturing process of like entering a new phase of my life. Like, I used to drink milk when I was a little bit, when I was a kid all the time. I loved milk. I don't really sit around and drink milk anymore. And like, I don't sit around and drink wine anymore. And I just, it's been, it's just not something that's part of the work that I'm doing in the world. And it's neutral alcohol isn't good or bad. It just sits there. We decide, we decide its value in our life. And, you know, that could be, and that could be whatever. And there's no judgment around that either. So it's just like, I think what happens is like, there's a bigger story, like, oh, wine isn't working for me anymore. Shit. What does that mean about me? What does that mean about my social life? So my invitation is to just simply get curious about it. And like, no one else cares if you drink or not more than you do. Trust me (laughs) that no one's going to care what you have in your glass of wine. And if they do, and you're like, no, I'm just not drinking tonight. They'll just, they're going to just go on to their wine. So yeah, yeah, it's really what we make it mean. We create this whole story, but I say, if you're going to create a story, create the best one, like, because people that change their relationship to alcohol usually end up inspiring others to kind of, you know, you become a little bit of a trailblazer of like, Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm not the only one because everyone that drinks regularly has formed a habit with alcohol and does at some point have, and I can say this like pretty much hundred percent guaranteed has questioned it. Like, Oh, has had an effect, a negative effect of it. Like, Oh man, like I don't feel great this morning or, you know, had wanted not to drink and then decided to anyway. So Yeah. Yeah,
1: Well, Mary, you bring up a really good point of, and I'm curious on demographics, but just I think a lot of people socially, and I wonder if age plays a factor into that. Um, You mentioned a lot of industries that you're involved in, which drinking is very, I mean, it's just commonplace. Do you think at a younger age, you feel more pressure socially to drink? I love this conversation because I think it's about empowering yourself to know uh, yeah, I want to have a drink, or no, I don't. Does it? Have you seen a difference in in age
0: groups? Yeah, you know, it's just so prevalent. It's just part of our story, especially. I mean, especially in the Western world, it is it is the rite of passage. I mean, honestly, um, what I do see changing for like young, much younger generation really is the expansiveness of possibility. I mean, we've seen what's happened in the world through the pandemic and uh, you know the Black Lives Matter movement has really shifted like, wow, what aren't, what else aren't we seeing? Right. And that's, that story is the same with alcohol. I mean, you can think about cigarettes, right? When cigarettes were in vogue and like everyone was doing it. And then the cultural story changed, the collective consciousness changed and then the story changed. Right. So really when anything is a collect, when everyone believes the same thing, it becomes the story. And when people stop believing that, um, So to answer your question, I do believe that there are becoming other options. I think it will, it is prevalent. It will always be prevalent. But I think that the paradigm that we're seeing shift in our world with um more influence from <laughs> different voices in the world, I truly believe that that is also changing where alcohol is becoming, saying no to alcohol is becoming more of an, more of the obvious choice because it's not benefiting the growth and expansiveness of really um, higher level thinking and kind of ascension type thinking that we really need to evolve as a species because it's really hard to tap into the emotional self when you're disembodied, when you're dissociating from the the physical body um, and you're not actually feeling what the real emotions and the real sensations are happening inside the body. And I think that that those types of practices are becoming very prevalent and offered and I mean, with Instagram and social media, it's like everyone's got some holistic modality that they're working with, you know. So, yeah, I mean, and and so I think for some it, women that, you know, in, di- in older generation is that it has been more of the cultural story because they just don't have necessarily that introduction to like this, these different ideas and, and kind of ways of thinking. but you know, I mean, just the practice of yoga alone is prolific. I mean, it's everywhere. And so kind of spreading, right. But I I don't, I don't see as much pressure i think that that i that the invitation to become unique and be uniquely who you are is really really gaining some momentum in our world and we see it with like you know the diet culture and body shaming and all of these things we see that really changing and the people in the way people are represented in Media and um, advertising and all of those things. So I think alcohol is really falling in line with that. And I hope that that answers your question. But I typically don't work with a lot of young women, like in their twenties. I typically thirties and up. Um, I would love to do a program someday working with like teenagers, teenage women. But um, I really, I mean, and my, you know, I my hope is that that is the the way. And from my. In, from my own intuition and my perspective of what i've seen kind of offered in social media is there still a party scene do people go to you know festivals and party yes absolutely but i don't think that that's the focus as much anymore i think younger people are doing different more expansive things with their with their social time i really do believe that so
1: Discover adventure, discover luxury, discover Moab with exclusive retreats for your next vacation or event. Wake up to amazing views only minutes from Utah's most breathtaking national and state parks and Moab's best shopping and dining. Enjoy your fully stocked vacation home with private pool and hot tub. Every room is a luxurious private suite, plus daily made service and private chefs are available. Exclusive retreats, we're not your home away from home. We are better. Book today at exclusiveretreats.com.
2: So you think it's you know, our women in our age group between 30 and, and 50s are really shifting and wanting to live their best lives. I read a study in Medpage today, and it was regarding the pandemic and alcohol and how women were taking the lead as far as being drinking more frequently. Mm-hmm. having more and drinking more heavily it had increased just this last year whereas men were probably the more predominant drinkers what are you hearing from your clients and and um your listeners regarding this past year
0: yeah and it's so and it's so fascinating i think really what happened was <laughs> the ways in which women cope and use their and use tools is a lot of times in social ways and um I know that I have clients who came to me because kind of everything that they did in the outer world, you know, going to their, you know, yoga classes in the gym and the kids being, you know, having that break from parenting and all of those things were completely taken away. And then that inner resilience of like, how do I do this on my own was kind of, was kind of lacking. So there is the need and the desire to basically, you know, it's like, how can you take it off the mat, you know, say for a yoga class, for example. And that was what was not happening for me. It was like, I knew the conceptually all these practices and I was doing them for so long and I could kind of articulate them, but I wasn't flipping it and using it inside. Like, how can I really look at my own emotions, be with my own thoughts and kind of slow down a little bit. And so I think it was a fight or flight Reaction really to um, to trauma. Essentially, it's like how do I hold space for all of this, these new things, and for myself? And I think for a lot of people, the answer was to kind of check out. Now I do know a lot of people did the opposite and really slowed down their drinking and kind of turned did that right from the beginning. Started spending some of that time where they were out drinking and socializing and going to happy hours. They were using that to do more of the contemplative practices and, you know, journaling and, you know, whatever other ways, mediums they were finding to kind of express themselves because they had extra time to do that. So it was a little bit of both. But I do think the social aspect of it, of not having community readily available, and then those those tools that, that a lot of active women use. And I mean, I was home with my son. His preschool had got shut down. Um, we just found a place for him to go for a couple of days a week now, but it was really, really challenging to, I mean, you're a human, you can only have the capacity to hold so much energy at this at one time. And I fortunately had some, some practices and compassion as one of them. I mean, just saying like, I am a human and it's okay that I don't have the capacity right now to be as empathetic <laughs> as, as I would want to be, you know, and um, to from from that place kind of make different decisions. So this is the concern a little bit of people, of women going out into the world and people in general, because it was kind of a little bit of a joke at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, having happy hour at two and people drinking on their Zoom meetings and stuff. And so it's kind of like, well, now you've established a different precedent of a habit, which, by the way, is completely normal. It means your brain is working completely normally to to uh, to develop a habit with alcohol. But yeah, now what? You know, if, if people start going back into the workplace and then there is that little bit of that urge or that pull for a drink, then now what? So well, that's interesting. It's in. interesting. <laughs> i
1: I was gonna yeah i think it is i have a question if somebody if anybody is starting to question or just it opens up the dialogue they hear it randomly or you're having the dialogue with your girlfriend christy and i've talked about this a lot over the last year mary what do you recommend as the first place what's the first thing to do if you're starting to question i mean outside of going to your podcast which is fantastic But what is the first thing, what is the first step that they can do in really looking at it? Exploring their
2: relationship with alcohol. And maybe, maybe it's just that they want to find a healthy balance Mm -hmm. or a healthier balance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about the compassion piece, you know, and in whatever way that shows up, just kind of looking at where, you know, where am I using this as a tool? And it could be through, you know, from responding to, you know, stress or other emotions, where am I even saying and shaming myself that I'm having these other emotions that I shouldn't be having and I'm meeting that with alcohol, right? Instead of allowing myself to have it. Really, the first step is, is curiosity. Just starting to pay a little bit more attention. You know, when are the regular times that I drink? What does my body want in this moment? Sometimes I, I know a lot of people will drink in the evening to kind of give themselves a little boost to kind of, get, you know, get through. It's like, no, but the body kind of just maybe wants a nap or to go to bed or to have a bath or whatever. And so it's giving yourself permission to seek a new way, right? To, to, to find new answers that maybe you weren't giving yourself before. So it's just taking a wider perspective. So alcohol kind of gives us tunnel vision and it's kind of like, you know, just taking that aerial view of like, what's really happening here. Um, and I would say that that is really the first step, you know, even going out with friends or hanging out with people in the evening, and seeing you know how does my how does the alcohol really change the circumstances if you need alcohol for something to be fun then typically it wasn't ever fun to begin with and because the circumstances of the ways reasons that we do things are Typically because of it's an event. there's people that we're spending time with, and you know, and if you're kind of buffering, which is using it because it was a long, stressful day and you just think you want to take the edge off, well, why aren't you willing to feel that on your own? Just as a question, without judgment, you know? And what would happen if I let an emotion go from the beginning all the way to the end, and I just experienced it. Because emotions are our birthright. And um, we're seeing this as a paradigm shift also that emotions are experiences to have and not something to be shameful of or to hide from or try to override. And they are there to very clearly give us answers to, (laughs) to things in our lives and looking at them as portals for possibility rather than problems is really what I would say. So curiosity, compassion, just kind of start questioning stuff from a neutral perspective, really put alcohol into neutral. Not that it's this thing that's like the best part of your life or the worst part of your life or whatever. Just know like it's there. You have a habit. It's a relationship that maybe there's like something you want to change about it and really getting curious. And sometimes some of the things fall off. It's like, Do I really need this every day? I mean, if it's just, you know, a glass of wine every night, do I really need this? And what's possible if I didn't do this and I offered myself the opportunity to um, not cook dinner and go take a bath? You know, we kind of, especially as women, and I have to say this, we have this major unsolicited to-do lists. Like if I don't do it, no one else will, but no one else cares except you, right? So (laughs) So true. Like (laughs) one of the things like I stopped doing was, Thinking that dinner was something that we had to do in our house and like Emmett doesn't care about food. He's five. And sometimes it's like, just grab whatever. It takes up so much of our time in the evening. Everyone's tired. It's like, you know what? That doesn't have to be the story at all. I mean, I don't eat by the clock anyway. So... So I changed that and I started using that time and it went to bed earlier and then I started using that time for other things. And I think people, I think women, especially if one of the things you need to do is give yourself permission for there to be room for another way. I mean, there's no right way to live life and just exploring exploring options. And sometimes you will find like, oh, my gosh, I've been wanting to say no to that person or that thing for a really long time. And alcohol is kind of the thing that keeps bringing you back. And, you know, I didn't change my people and my places and that whole story. But there were things that naturally fell away because I wasn't drinking anymore that I was like, yeah, that that just doesn't fall in line with the shift in the whole story of my life, you know, not because of alcohol, but it was just something that I just have no interest in anymore. And so, so yeah, curiosity, compassion, just like getting like, yeah, questioning why, how do I feel? How is this actually making me feel in my body? Do I really like it? You know, a lot of times people will drink because of excitement and it's like, oh, I only, I don't drink when I'm sad. I only drink when I'm happy. But that is still an emotion that what if that emotion of achievement, right? We celebrate with a glass of champagne. But if you really think about what is that champagne actually doing? Well, it's kind of taking, putting a little haze over (laughs) the excitement that I was feeling. And as we grow and mature, it's kind of like, there's no real reward. The achievement itself is the reward, the thing that you did, right? And so when we when we look at alcohol as kind of the reward, it keeps us in that loop also. And that can be a little bit hard to break too. So just cognitive conditioning, nothing else has gone wrong. The thing is that alcohol has a concentrated reward with the chemicals in the body. So even if you have one drink, the brain responds in a really, um, it kind of hooks. So, it has a really strong response. And those are the things that I would say to start with. And, you know, even just journaling, because when when we have a strong habit, whatever it is, it's all of that that conversation and that processing is happening in the shadows of the mind and it's unconscious. We just do it because it's habitual. But when you can write it down or say it out loud, it becomes, it gets, we bring it to the light. So, even if you say an emotion out loud, I'm right now, I'm feeling stressed. And I feel it, you know, a tightness in my chest. Well, now we've just stepped out of the story that was creating that stress. And we've stepped into the sensation of the body. And now we can just, it's actually loses so much power right then and there just by that one thing. Because when something is in the shadows and unconscious, that's how it kind of festers and gains more and more momentum. So bringing it out into the light and starting to examine it is the best way to continue to just generate more evidence to the contrary that, you know, you need alcohol to have fun. And yeah, and just giving yourself permission to have fun doing something different. Because when we only focus on one thing, we miss so many other opportunities. And I'm just so grateful that I, that I didn't do that because I, you know, I'm doing so many more fun things that I probably wouldn't have because I was always like, I'm to make sure alcohol, there was alcohol involved. And I know that's not everyone's story, but I think it's a lot of people's story. So,
1: yeah. And I was going to say, I think this process can, if you take out the word alcohol, I mean, it could be food. It could yeah. be working out. Um, I think this process is, could be for a lot of different things of yeah. how to look at your relationship with all of those things. Yeah.
2: Well, I love your approach. You really put a new perspective when you're saying, stop the quitting stop quitting. Instead, explore Yeah, and be curious and be mindful so that you can determine where you want to be in that relationship. I love that approach.
0: Absolutely. And I th- I'm so glad you said that about the quitting because I think that that is where people really, you know, they wake up Monday morning, I'm never drinking again, right? And then Tuesday, they go to happy hour. Well, it doesn't well, that's okay. Right. And those are some of the times where the the exploring and the curiosity is the best. What actually happened here? What was the circumstance? How was I feeling? How did I feel during and after I was drinking? And was it did I get the result that I wanted? Was my intention that I had for that evening actually even available to me? Right. You know, maybe I just even checked out from hanging out with my husband and I didn't even. Get to spend the time with him and have the conversation i wanted right so there's so many possibilities underneath like the the intimacy of our own lives but you can't you have never become an expert at anything overnight and changing a relationship to alcohol is the same thing because it's essentially a, a process of unlearning of dismantling it so you have to bring everything to the surface It's kind of like, you know, dumping your purse out on the table and seeing what's there. There's like some wrappers, but there might be some like good lipstick that you didn't (laughs) know you had. Right. And just kind of looking at all of it and not quitting and continuing to examine that. Okay, I drink Tuesday. That doesn't mean I have to drink on Wednesday. Right. Just kind of getting back on that thing. And that's why. I don't have any rules. I don't count days or do any of that. Counting days can be really supportive for some people um, because it's exciting. But when you gain awareness in life about anything, once you see something, you can't unsee it. So if you have, you know, 30 days alcohol free, but you are doing it from a perspective of mindfulness, not from just, you know, it in your teeth and count, you know, white knuckling it, which will keep you in tunnel vision for sure. But you have that curiosity, like, oh, I'm just going to get so curious about what transpires here from that neutral perspective. Then your your experience is different. You can't take those that time away, right? So you have a drink and then maybe you're like, oh, I didn't really like this right now. I'm just going to keep going with my alcohol-free break, right? But that one day doesn't throw a wrench in everything you learned. It doesn't erase awareness, right? You can't erase awareness. And so that for me is that, that not quitting part is part of the whole process. And you're just committing to a new way, committing until you get the result you want. Because if you show up for anything long enough with belief and trying to see like what thoughts are getting in the way of, of creating a new belief for myself, there's nothing that we can't do with our human mind. I mean, the human mind is the most powerful tool on the planet. We just look around and see what we've created, right? You can surely change a relationship with alcohol. It's really, it's really not. And I know some people it ruins their lives, and of course, it, it's it can be very, very serious. But um, this little liquid in a bottle, we give so much emphasis to in our culture, and it's just like it's just not that important. It's not that big of a deal. And I think when we give it so much importance, it becomes so important of our lives. But just like. And just look at it. It's just a liquid in a bottle. It's not doing anything. So maybe just set it aside and see what you're missing on the other side of it is my invitation to people, because it might be a part of you that you just didn't even know. And it probably is access to living your most fulfilling life and becoming the woman of your, that's really going to live your dream life. I really believe that most of the kind of haze that alcohol puts over us is really dims our inner light and dims that access to the divine feminine that really holds the power and the and the, the lasting pleasure of our lives that lasting joy rather than like a short term little moment of momentary pleasure but but it is a sacred journey that everyone needs to take and it is a fascinating process not everyone needs to take but it's a fascinating process of discovering more of who you are rather than you know, then alcohol has nothing really to do with it. It's about really seeing who am I 20 years later, 30 years later, who am the, who is this woman if she doesn't drink? Because most people have been drinking since, you know, they could.
2: Well, I think it's a really important message, whether, you know, whether you think you have your question or not, if you, if you have a love hate relationship with it, whatever that is, I, I think it's a, it's a good conversation And I love your perspective. I I love how you bring it in to just being mindful and living your best life and just being an empowered woman. And so this is just one of those areas that some of us have in our life that we might be looking at and want to, you know, visit what that looks like for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say, I I do agree. You said earlier, it's, your podcast covers so much more than just about the drinking. I have found there's a lot of messages of ex, exploration and diving in to everything that it kind of fits into what we're our podcast is about as well of just empowering women. I feel like we're in a time which is so wonderful of embracing women, no matter their story, where they come from, no matter their body, no matter... There's been so much focus in our, I think, misguided focus. And so I feel like women are being empowered today more than ever. So it's so inspiring. And your podcast is definitely inspiring. So Mary, I would love to ask, where's the best place for people to find you?
0: Well, the podcast Stop Drinking and Start Living. And again, it is, it really goes so much deeper than just alcohol. It's the, the, and you said this earlier, it's the framework you can apply to literally any problem in your life, curiosity and compassion. But my website, marywagstaffcoach.com has the podcast on there. You can find it on any platform you listen to podcasts, but it also has information about, you know, my one-on-one coaching. And that really has, you know, free information. My master class is on there that really is the, the five shifts approach to evolving, healing and awakening from alcohol, just kind of getting to the other side of possibility. So that's the best place is my website. Essentially, it has everything on there. So
2: well, thank you for being with us. We appreciate you doing this episode and we are so excited. Hope you enjoyed.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know.
2: You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment.